Hey, damn guys. Welcome to Book Club Ever Comics. My name is John Salinas, and I'm here with... Aubrey Loveless. And I'm Danielle. And I'm Mark. It's Mark! Mark Tweedale. I am Mark. Hey, Mark. How's it going? Thanks for joining us. Wow. Yeah, glad to be here. Yeah, it's been a while since we've had you on the show. We, we, it's been a while since we've had any guests on the show. For, yeah. We've had a couple of weeks where it's just been us, so it's good to have some... I just uh, love hanging out with Mark. Yeah, it's yeah. good to just hang out with Mark. Um, what do you have for breakfast? We always talk about breakfast with you. Yeah, I had a fruit porridge. Ooh, fruit mm. porridge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is really, really nice. Mm. I know part would like people say porridge is boring, but if it's no. done right, it's fantastic. Well, you put stuff in it. That's, yeah. You yeah. know, a blank canvas can be very boring, but you have to put paint on it. Can we ask yeah. you what you put in your porridge? Uh, it was rock melon and strawberries. Mm. Nice. Okay. Yeah, um, listeners, let us know what you put in your what porridge. What do you put in your porridge? That's a good question. That's a good segment for yeah, the show. Yeah, you gotta put stuff Wait, in there. but this show isn't about porridge. This is a comics <laughs> Wait, podcast. What? You don't say. We're talking about comics. I'm leaving. Yes. I'm, <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> no, no, don't go. We can talk about porridge if you want. I wonder if there's a comic about porridge. And now Danielle's going to tell you all about it. <laughs> First, we're going to eat some porridge, and then we're going <laughs> to no. So we're going to we're going to read something. We'll tell you what we're going to read, and you'll read it also, and then we'll talk about what we read, and you listen to us talking about what we read, and then you talk about what we talked about when we talked about what we read, and then that's a hey damn guys, you send us a, a message somehow. You you write something down and you roll it up and you stick it in a bottle don't do that that's not good for the ocean is it virtual ocean yeah virtual ocean the virtual ocean so then we're gonna talk about what you talked about you talked about us talking about what we read and that's a book club and that's friendship back to you john ah very nice very very good it is nice it's nice (laughs) what'd you think of that one mark i think that you know if you are reading your comics or listening to the podcast and you're also eating porridge that's okay (laughs) it is okay i'm okay with it it's okay to do that Awesome. Um, I have some. Send us your favorite porridge. <laughs> Don't do that. You can also record yourself. We like to hear voice messages yeah. as well. If you are too shy, you can type it out, and that's understandable. But that's if you want to record something, that's fun, and we love that. We'll play it. Yes. Um, I have some shouts outs for this week. Shouts out. Yes. I want to shout out Lawrence Campbell. Lawrence, Lawrence Campbell. Campbell. Book club member, apparently. Yes, yes definitely. Well, um, he is a book club member because he's been on the Hellboy book club. He has. He's been on the Hellboy um, book with club. With Rob Williams. We yes. talked about Sword of Hyperborea. We had a great episode about Delightful that. Delightful man. But anyway, I wanted to give uh, Lawrence a shout out because he has a new sketchbook out. Excellent. Yes. And, Sketch-cellent. Is yeah. that anything? Oh, I love it. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> Very well done. Yeah. Uh, so he has a new You're sketchbook welcome. out. What's cool about it is it's not his Hellboy stuff. You know, yeah, um, it's yeah. But, uh, the previous sketchbooks have all been it's his BPRD stuff. and Hellboy stuff, and this is like all the other stuff that he it's does. It's a great sketchbook. Yeah, it is amazing. You it's had so... just gotten it, and I was like, let me see that. Yes. <laughs> I was like <laughs> flipping through it. It's really nice. And of course, you know, uh, not expected by any means, but always very excited and to appreciated. get and appreciated to get the little post it sketch. So, so and cool. This time we got like a Batman Hellboy silhouettes and they're saying book club members together they said book club members they said it together how would um imagine like hearing like the hellboy voice and the the batman voice at the same time saying it would they say it ecstatically like book club member or would or are they like no he would say it like that (laughs) i guess it depends on the batman if it's adam west he'd be very excited (laughs) book club members oh that's good yeah or what about what would Ron? How would Ron Perlman do? He would drag it out. Oh yeah, yeah. book club members. Yeah. So um, 
these sketchbooks are also limited and they all the other ones are sold out so you know um if you're a fan of that or you know if you want to support lawrence i highly recommend getting one and who wouldn't want to do that and who wouldn't want to do he's that great. he's so, an excellent fellow yeah and the art is amazing it's definitely worth picking up so i'll a put wonderful a link, chap put a link to it in the show notes and check that out get put your, a link in the show notes get yourself check it one out. get yourself one all right and now we're going to go on to our listener feedback listener feedback nice <laughs> very good very good thank you mark get out trade some floppies get out hardback copies digital is fine read along in time get this time we got a written feedback from robert newnham robert newnham book club member yes Oh, should I try it this time? You yeah, do it? Do. Yeah, yeah, you haven't yet. <laughs> hey, you damn guys. Not much to say this week. I hope you're all doing well. That includes you, Mark Tweedell. Welcome <laughs> back. Regarding your X-Files discussion, I trust Danielle is aware of the two spinoff series, Millennium and The Lone Gunman? Yeah, no. I've never heard of The yeah. Lone Gunman series. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. I, I didn't do a very good Robert Newnham. That was that, great. It I, sounded I, great. I think, good. I think, I think you're doing good. Continue. I think that you, that was it. Is that it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was expecting more. I didn't know that Millennium is a. Yeah. What, what, what does Millennium have to do with X-Files? I know it was created by Chris Carter. Yeah. yeah. What is the link? Is it something just arbitrarily thrown in there to be a link? Or is there an actual sp- something from the X-Files that spun off into that? You know, I could get into it. Or you could just read <laughs> okay. all of the fucking stuff that people have to say about that shit online. But I know about the Lone Gunman, and I, I think I've seen like maybe one or two episodes. <laughs> yeah. I th- I've definitely seen the one that ties into the X Files yes. episode because I want when we were doing our big we, watch through, I was yeah. like, I got to find this episode this, so yeah. we can see part one of whatever had just happened. Did you ever watch that, The Lone Gunman? No, but uh, my brother-in-law, before he passed, was a huge fan of that show. And I remember one Christmas he got it for he got he got really excited because he got it for Christmas. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, wow, excellent. No, uh, I we haven't checked those out. Do you want? Who to, hasn't checked those out? Millennium, I haven't. Yeah, uh, Lone Gunman. Like I said, I've seen like maybe one or two episodes. How many episodes did they make of that? It got canceled, right? Yeah, it got canceled. But I've seen all of it. Okay, it's like one season. Yeah. yeah let's watch it okay let's watch all that stuff sure i want to see what all the fuss is about sure completionists yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah I mean, you definitely are for sure you'll keep playing a game long after i've abandoned it yeah yeah for sure i like to get all the trophies you do. all the riddler trophies yeah <laughs> um <laughs> yes we, i also wanted to shout out ahab at fake pliskin ahab at fake Pliskin, book club member. Yes, Ahab shouted us out, shared the X Files episode, and said, "Awesome, you guys are doing X Files. Hell yeah! Yeah, awesome about it." So I hope you enjoyed that. We didn't really do X Files. We were just like, you know, (laughs) we talk about it while we're yeah yeah. We were like, look at this. I love it. This is great. It's good. Just an evening at our house, basically. We also heard from you, Mark Tweedell. Mark Tweedell, (laughs) (laughs) book club member. That's good. No, you were just also recommending Over the Garden Wall. Yes. I guess apparently one of the oh, characters is a bird. I really yeah. want to watch this. So I the, can't believe we haven't watched it yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, the other day I went to go pull it up, and it's like this series is currently unavailable. Oh, weird. It's not streaming on anything right now. Oh, yeah, huh. same here. We could just buy it, I guess. 
I wanted to do a rewatch for, you know, October and it's just not available to stream anywhere. For some reason yeah. over here either. It's I couldn't nowhere, find it anywhere. Yeah. So yeah, we'll have to just buy it online or find another way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, yeah. we want to support that officially. I think we don't want to pirate that because they're animators and we want to Well, you them. wouldn't pirate a car. I absolutely <laughs> would do that for sure. I absolutely, would totally I would, download yes. a car. <laughs> The only reason I uh, like I brought it up in the first place was just because uh, there's a video essayist I follow, Lady Knight the Brave, and for October she decided to talk about Over the Garden Wall and just watching the video essay, you know, re- being reminded of all the reasons why I loved it all over again. Oh, awesome. Nice. That's great. I love yeah. that. I love a video essay. Yeah, send me that, and I'll link it in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, what what sure. was the name again of the video? Lady Knight the Brave. Okay. Well, cool. John's going to link it in the show notes, Aubrey. Yeah, just so go, you can find just scroll it down to the show notes and you'll see it. Yeah. Okay. I'm doing that now. <laughs> Good. Wait a minute. <laughs> it might be only uh, on Nebula though, because she does some exclusives. Okay. We don't know what that is. Oh, Nebula oh, is uh, like creator own YouTube. Oh, he knows what that is. Yeah. Okay, I don't know what yeah. that is. It's a paid subscription service, but there's a lot of people from YouTube and they have longer videos with no ads. Cool. The algorithm is not there to fuck them over. And it's probably better for them than Patreon because Patreon is uh, being a bunch of jerks. Yes. Okay. Yes. Cool. Right on. So Nebula. Right yeah. on. Yeah, it's good. We also heard from Jerry Turnbull. Jerry Turnbull? A club member. Yes. Jerry said... Uh, we were talking about Falcon Sphere regarding the writing credits on that. Oh, and right. We were like, who's writing this? He said it's all written by Warwick. All written by Warwick. Yeah. Okay. So I think Mignola gets a credit because he created Came the characters. Came up with the stuff. Yeah. But it's all, yeah. all the writing credit should go to Warwick. Okay. Jerry also said Warwick is a genius. Would love to read a new book every Halloween. <laughs> Make it happen. Yeah, he'll just do that. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, that not, would be awesome. He's not busy or anything. <laughs> he should be busy making more comics for mm. me to read. <laughs> well, he is also no, uh, does a lot of work in animation as well. So Nice. Oh, wow. That's okay. awesome. And uh, Jerry said his favorite panel from that issue was when he reveals that he's been scratching Destroy Him. Oh, he's carving yeah. no fates yeah. into the picnic that table. That's really cool. Yeah. In the desert. A lot of fun. I got a hey damn guys. From Benny Decker. Benny Decker. Book club member. Yes. That's right. Great comic and great episode. Now that I know that Warwick is pronounced Warwick, I keep randomly saying Warwick in my Robert Noonan doppelganger <laughs> voice. <laughs> Excellent. Everyone wants to sound like Robert Noonan. Hearing Robert Noonan say my name on the podcast was almost as cool as being called down on The Price is Right. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> it, it is. It is. Yeah. I know the feeling. Benny Decker, come on down. Yeah, absolutely. I unfortunately have not seen Twin Peaks. Get it together, Benny. So Robert's <laughs> reference was sadly lost on me. Robert and I should do an odd couple type podcast together. <laughs> Something like The Gentleman and the Ninny incredible <laughs> i would listen to that for oh, sure for God. sure this is great we're gonna make this happen he's gonna have sponsors by the time he starts his podcast because we're just hyping him up so much and i i i'm happy for him i'm happy for his newfound fame as a voiceover guy as a voice actor yeah he's already in a trailer and that's what i'm saying like that, so that's great he's already an established voice actor we also got some comments and some posts from warwick johnson cadwell did we warwick johnson cadwell Book club member. Yes. Work uh, shared our posts on Twitter and said, you've been so kind with these books. Thank you for covering them. Your enthusiasm is infectious. Oh, thank you. 
Awesome. Oh, we fucking love them. So yes. yeah, they're great. Yeah. Keep making more of them, please. Yes, please. While we're talking about uh, Falcon Spear, that's kind of wrapping up the feedback here. But at the end of the last episode, I was um, commenting on this thought that I had that like maybe Falcon Spear lunged at Meinhardt to make it easier for them. Oh, right? sure. You yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. Or was it the bloodlust? You know mm, what I mean? That's right. what that we were kind of like. Yeah. That's what that's what we were thinking about. And I and I was texting. I was actually messaging with Mark about it later. Excellent. And Mark, you had some great insight. You, you want to comment on that? Do you have some headcanon, perhaps? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, my theory was that it was both. It was that, you know, uh, he deliberately gave in to the monster so that they would kill him. Ooh, Ooh. Yeah. excellent. That's very, oh, so that's good. rich yeah. and lustrous. But you were also saying that it's easier for them to kill a monster than a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. That's really good. Wow. That, okay. Yeah. Oh, man. That's great. Yeah. That's great. I thought that, that was great. Yeah. So that's great. Excellent. That was a great book. I love I it. That. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, it was a great book. Yeah. I just love some pathos. The drama of it all. Yeah, the drama of it all. Thanks for all the listener feedback, you guys. Yeah, thanks for the listener feedback. And now we can go on to our next section. What do you see? What do you say? Yeah. What are you saying? saying? I'm asking you. I'm asking you that. No, you. Well. (laughs) (laughs) So our guitar player uh, really, really, really wanted to see this band, Polyphia. And so we go on band field trips, you know, to see... Uh, shows to see people perform live or to right. see movies sometimes or whatever it is. We listen to music together we listen, when we're yeah. at band practice exactly. and stuff. And if a band a is coming that we really like, we'll all go we'll together. We'll all go together like know? the Melvins or whatever. Yeah. So uh, this was his pick, right? And so we're we like, had never really heard of this. No, band. we'd never listened to this band. So we're like, what is this going to be? So we get there and it's just. I don't even know how to describe it. Just listen to a little bit of Bolivia. They're they're all virtuoso yeah. players. So it's all instrumental music. You yeah. know what I mean? And unless they have like samples or whatever. And it's got like a it's kind of got like a metal kind of Ish. vibe to it. Yeah. But it's Well the all, live performance did. Yeah, but it's also got like kind of like a orchestral almost arrangements. Mm. I don't know, the stuff mm. that they're doing with the guitars. It's anyway, video game music. But it, it, to me, it sounded like, I want to play video it, games yeah. for this, you know what I mean? Like, for sure. Yeah. Uh, it was really cool. And, I mean, they're doing it flawlessly. Yeah. Just really, really musically advanced, difficult things. Like, how would you even memorize it's a lot of all of that? noodly doodlies. Yeah. But it was... They Great kept drummer. It, yeah. It was... Good bass player. It was mind-blowing. As well. Yeah. They're no, just amazing musicians. And the people... That we were that were surrounding us were just fucking into it, and so yeah. it was really fun. Everyone was really into it, yeah. and uh, Pete had a good time, which is good, you yeah. know. But I was like, man, I'm glad I saw that. Yeah, like I had no idea what I, what it yeah. was going to be, yeah. and I was like, wow, that was incredible. It was, cool. it, was cool. it was like I don't know. It was we very. T- it's not the show we typically go to. Yeah, it was accessible too. I thought because it, it was instrumental, yeah. you know what I mean. So it's kind of like you're just admiring the musicianship of these guys sure, you sure. know and anyway it was pretty incredible they had a little light know. show going too the, the light the show was were... really awesome i'd recommend checking them out it was it was a lot of fun what else what, what do you got aubrey kathy and i we kept up with spooky season because you know halloween was just this week sure we watched uh this movie called uma with sandra O. Oh. okay um it's something to do with like her it's kind of a ghost story kind of thing okay it's with like her, her mom is dead it's haunting her then we watched uh 
Cabin in the Woods, which I'd never seen. Finally got around to watching. Chris Hemsworth oh is God. in that. Yes. Oh, wow. Uh, well, I started oh. it once, like 10 plus years ago, and I was just like, I don't really like this, and I turned it off. Oh. <laughs> Who else is in that? Sigourney Weaver's in that. I did not know that. That's yeah. the actual one twist I didn't know about yeah. before I'd seen the movie. Oh, I definitely get where where you're coming from with the, oh, I don't like this thing, because uh, I, I, the first time I saw it, I remember getting to a certain point where it was just, you know, murdering everyone, and I was going, you know, this this isn't for me kind of thing. Yeah. And literally, um, I watched for like a minute longer, and the change happened, and I'm like, ooh, yeah. now it's really right. damn good. You have to kind of, yeah, settle yeah. in. But, yeah. It is. It's a fascinating film. The way um, it's a, an hour and a half long, and it's almost like mechanically right on the thirty-minute mark that it changes yeah. between acts. It's like very cleanly three acts each, thirty minutes long. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, we also watched the 2013 Evil Dead. Um, oh, I liked that one. I had never seen it, and but it was finally streaming somewhere, and I was like, watch it. I was like, holy shit, this yeah. is really good. That movie kind of fucked me up. Yeah. And I was like, Did it? I was like, I don't think I want to see this anymore. But it was, <laughs> but but I still enjoyed it. And then when the new one came out, I was like, ah, I'm gonna watch it. I have to. I, I'm gonna watch the new one. It was good, it. but it was uh, also messed up. We uh we uh, Kathy had never really watched the Nightmare on Elm Street movie, so we watched the first two of them, and I got kind of a new appreciation for the. Nightmare Two, okay. still not the great. Really, still not really a great movie, but it's not as bad as I thought it was. Interesting. Yeah. I remember absolutely hating it, but I saw it when I was like, I don't know, eighteen. So I don't know. I love those movies, so I, yeah. I have. There, there are qualities of all the movies that I love. I don't remember yeah. much about Nightmare it now. Two. I don't remember much about that particular one. Um, but then we watched this one movie called Triangles, and that movie was just weird and interesting. It's about this group that go on a boat trip. Okay. The they get into some trouble. The boat capsizes, but they get rescued by another boat. Uh, but there's nobody on that boat. But then all of a sudden, there is somebody on that. Okay, boat. who's but in this? Liam Hemsworth is the another most, Hemsworth is the most uh. well-known person in that. Movie. Okay, an 18-year-old Liam Hemsworth. Oh my goodness! Uh, but then all of a sudden, somebody starts killing them, and they don't know why. And then it ends up being a loop. Oh, yeah. That's neat. Mm-hmm. All right, I want to check that okay. out. What, okay, it was cool. on. So it's the Bermuda Triangle. I was either on Netflix or Max. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, where are they physically? Well, I mean, they're supposed to be set off the coast of Florida. Oh, okay. So it's not the Bermuda Triangle. But, uh, you know. Why is it called that? I think they're trying to invoke the Bermuda Triangle. Oh, okay. All right. Maybe Maybe it's another triangle. Yeah, it's the like, Florida Triangle. Like the- <laughs> that would make sense. What's going on down there? We need to investigate around. this. Shut it down until we figure it out. I agree. What about you, Mark? What are you seeing and what are you saying? Uh, I recently saw The Others in cinema for the first time. The Others. Is that the one with... Um, Nicole Kidman? Nicole Kidman. Yeah. I haven't seen yeah. that since it came out. I saw that when yeah, we worked at the it, video store when that came out. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> it just got a uh, 4K um, restoration Ooh. done on it and was released by the Criterion Collection. So, um, yeah, it went to cinemas again and I was like, ooh, I'm not missing that. And oh, it is so good to see in a cinema because, like, so much of that movie is, like, being in a room and having a sense of someone else being in the room. (gasps) And so, like, the sound is just, like, the best. Wow. That sounds awesome. I love that. That I really loved it. I kind of, you know, like, fell in love with the movie all over again. Sure. Man, we should watch that. Sure. We haven't seen that one. Uh, yeah, I had a, a huge pile of books arrive yesterday, Ooh. which I just linked to you. I saw your pile. Yeah. There were a couple things in there that I was... Uh, so you got the new Night Eaters book. I, I don't have that one yet. Yeah, looking forward to that quite a bit. Also really looking forward to Legends and Lattes. What's that? 
Ooh, sounds interesting. Uh, it's a, a book about like an adventurer orc that like, you know, she's retired and she starts up her own coffee shop. Awesome. I love that. <laughs> That's great. I just, I, I have, I don't know anything about it except that. And I'm really looking forward to diving into it. It just sounds really mellow and it fun. sounds super fun. Oh, another thing that you have in there, The Mysteries, that's the new Bill Watterson. I want to check yes. that out too. Wait, I haven't what, had a chance what? to read it yet. There's a new Bill Watterson? Yeah. yeah. Yes, there is. Oh, shit. I yeah. need to know more about that's this. That's exciting. <laughs> okay, I'll link you a, a, a YouTube video that's sort of like about the creative process of it. It kind of sets up, you know, the book because it's, going to be very unlike calvin and hobbs oh wow um but another thing you have in here is um you got this really nice copy of frankenstein alive alive um we covered that on an episode with hayden Orr, so i'll link that in the show notes if you want to go check that episode out but uh man that's a beautiful collection had a digital and uh yeah i just saw it sitting on the shelf when i went to pick up my books in hardcover and was like you know what yeah i need that yeah i need to get that that's really nice Really cool. You've got a lot of reading ahead of you. Yeah, it was everything kind of arrived. I think it's like two months worth of books all arrived at the same time. Nice. <laughs> John, wasn't there something that we watched? Oh, so we watched, uh, well, I watched uh, The Nun 2. No, I said we. <laughs> no, no, but I want to mention this yeah, because okay. I, I watched all the Conjuring movies and that's the only one that I didn't watch. And so now I've seen all of them. It wasn't as good as the first one. And the first one was the first even, nun. As the first nun. And the first one wasn't even really that good, but. Um, still first, enjoyable. I still watched it. The it was, second, the nun. There were some cool visual things that I was like, ah, oh, this oh, is. Oh, the one with the magazines yeah, that you showed I, me? You the, were like, come the, see this? The magazine scene was really interesting. That was, that was interesting. It, just as a, I was like, this could be a music video. It could be a music video. Anyway. And uh, it was uh, just as a, an exercise in building suspense, but also having something visually interesting to look at. Yeah. And yeah. not just it being like. All right, I I know what's going to happen. I actually didn't know. I was like, okay, she's going to come out of the magazines. <laughs> but I'm not bored waiting for this to happen. Sure. I'm actually like, okay, but when is this going to happen? Because I'm scared. Yeah, yeah. Not because I'm bored, which I thought was really interesting and a really good, like, you know what I mean? We were yeah. talking about this the other day in the, in, in the kitchen when I'm like, you know, the broad, the wide shot of somebody who's standing on the far end of the, the screen and there's just this big wide open space and it's just a big wall yeah. or a door or a window and you know someone's about to smash through it and you're just like, all right, when are they going to smash through it? Just oh, come on. This is so boring. Like, you know, it's going to happen. And yeah. you're just like, all right. Yeah. This was a different thing. It was very like, yeah, I hate to use the phrase artfully done because it's the <laughs> fucking the nun. It's the stupidest movie. The nun too. The nun too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was cool. It was like a music video. It was neat. Yeah. And then so wrapping up our Halloween Spooky Times movies, we watched The Monster Squad. We did. Monster oh, my Squad. God. We watched The I Monster the Squad. Movie. Which is one of my favorite movies. Uh, have you ever seen Monster Squad, Mark? No, it's on my list. Of, 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 there's so much horror I haven't seen. <laughs> well, no, it's a stupid. No, uh, like, I, don't I know. know. I like, I, I, it's, it's apparently it's, it's, very, very fun. I've literally had Cullen Bunn say, you need to see this. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Good to know. Wolfman has nards. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. And uh, I'll defend that movie. That's one of my favorite Draculas. I was telling Danielle. Like, everyone talks about, you know, Bela Lugosi and Gary Oldman and, you know. all the Christopher di- Lee. Christopher Lee. But that's one of my favorite Draculas is, Dracula. is that Dracula from Monster Squad. Maybe yeah. just because just I watched that movie so many times as a kid. But yeah. anyway. 
I don't think I've seen that movie in like 30 years, to be honest with you. Right. Oh, I hadn't seen it in a very long time when it, John put it on. I remember just watching it and just being so entertained as a kid. It was yeah. just, I was on the right demographic for that yeah. movie when it yeah. came sure. out. Yeah, um, Oh, you know what, Mark? Now, uh, because we have you on the episode, I meant to ask you to um, Lords of the Rings stuff. Mm. Have you ever oh. been to any of the the locations or any of that? Or are you really far from that? Uh, yeah, uh, it's in New Zealand. <laughs> it's in New and, Zealand, John. Um, let me just let me just skip on down to New York real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I do intend to go there someday though with my sister. Right on. But, yeah, and I'm, I'm gonna take the Hobbit with me, and I'm gonna sit out the front of Bag End and read the first Aww. chapter. Nice. Oh man, that would be cool. That's sweet. That's a great idea. Go smoke some pipe weed <laughs> out there. Bring along a, a little handmade loaf of bread and like an, a crisp apple and some cheese. <sighs> I was cheese with you. We were talking about this, like, because we like watching all the extended edition um, special features and all that. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and they show all the people that work on it. Amazing. And like a bunch of these people were just local people. Literally, every single person in New Zealand worked on these films. Pretty much, and like (laughs) you know, the guys, the guys that made the swords and stuff like that, they were like. You know, local some actual of the, swordsmiths, only, yeah, some of the only ones that were around. You that know, could do it, they, yeah. They came and made all these swords, and it's like I would think that they would continue to do that or be like, "Hey, Absolutely. I'm I'm the guy that worked on Lord of the Rings." Oh, like, for sure. I'm, I wonder yeah. if there's a whole business around that. You know, for sure. One hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, but I have been to Weta Workshop. That was really fun. Cool. Nice. That's cool. <laughs> do they have like a tour? They'll do a tour. I guess, yeah. For the- yeah, they they have a studio tour. Awesome. Nice. Man. Oh, it's interesting because the tour per is just whoever is like free at the time yeah. so it's sort of like you'll have someone who's like they work at weather and they're just like oh i'm in a lull at the moment okay you're on tour duty for today awesome. and so you get like different people from different areas of expertise giving the tours that's great wow that's awesome, awesome. man that's cool Was, is there something that stands out just off the top of your head from that I remember, like, well, at the time, The Hobbit was just about to come out, and so, like, they've got, like, all the suits from The Hobbit. They had, like, you know, like, the the um, scale-sized um, dwarven armor, which was so nice. fucking cool. Fucking I mean, cool. I, I, I cannot express how cool it was without swearing. Yeah. You can swear on this if you'd like. Uh, I did. Okay, good. Which is why. Good. I encourage yeah. it, in fact. Yeah. No, that's awesome, dude. Uh, and oh yeah, and I also saw um, some of the props they'd built for the Halo movie that never got made. Oh, interesting. Oh wow, huh. the one that Neil Blomkamp was, Blomkamp was supposed Blomkamp. to do. Um, I think it might have been like um, the version that Peter Jackson was like previsioning. I don't right, know anything right. about this. He at was all. gonna do it first. You're right. Yeah, huh. it was gonna be Peter Jackson first. Never heard of anyway. this. Interesting. Well, they went on and made District Nine instead. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, good, Yeah, basically actually. the project got canceled and they were able to use like the team that they built up for that for District 9. I'm very glad yeah. that that happened. Yeah, that is cool. <laughs> it's good for yeah. everyone. Um, we finished it. Our Flag Means Death. <laughs> I like that show. Are, are you watching that, Mark? I haven't seen the second season yet. I don't like to be on too many streaming services at once. Basically, sure. I'm on one at a time and like I just cycle through them one by one uh, until you know, I finish the loop and then start again. And that way there's enough stuff on there to actually be worth watching when I get Oh, on. that's a great idea. Right on. It also means that usually by the time I come back onto them, the free trial is like recycled back hey. over again. So I can just be like, yeah. Okay. Very good. This man can cook. Yeah. I like what you're cooking. Yeah. All right. And now we can go on to our book club episode for the week. There is a sandwich calling my name. Okay. It's, 
Delicious. With pickles? It's going to be delicious. So many pickles. What kind of sandwich? <laughs> I'm so excited. Wouldn't you like to know? Yes, I would. Yeah. Okay. I made you one. It's in the fridge. You can you can have it later. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I love a good sandwich. Yeah, I love a good sandwich. All right. I got to go eat this sandwich. God, I want a sandwich right now. I know, right? I know. <laughs> I'm so good. hungry for a sandwich. I would have made you one, but I mean, I don't think, I don't think they let you mail sandwiches. Can you mail a sandwich? Probably. I don't think be. you'd want it when you got No, when probably got not. Sorry, Mark. Yeah, unfortunately, when you open at the other end, an eldritch abomination arrives. Yeah, <laughs> it's just not, not worth it. Uh, makes me think of that Simpsons episode where he won't <laughs> yeah, stop eating that horrible sandwich and it's making him sick and everything. What are you talking about? That sandwich was fantastic. I hate to break it to you, but I'm about to go eat a satanic sandwich. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. What makes it satanic? Well, it, you, it long you go to a hell dimension when, oh, okay. you, when you eat it. Dijon mustard. Okay, bye. Bye. All right. For this week, we're going back to Harrow County. We're starting the abandoned storyline with issues 17 and 18. These were published in October and November 2016. So this is like, uh, what was that, seven years ago? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. That's just weird to think about. Yeah, it is. Written by Cullen Bunn, artist Carlos Speed McNeil, colored by Jen Manley Lee, and then we have the covers by Tyler Crook. And letters. Oh, wow. Okay, interesting. Yeah, it's kind of a continuity thing with uh, Harrow County, so always doing the lettering. Nice. Okay. So, yeah, covers and letters by Tyler Crook. Thanks for pointing that out, Mark. So we get the issue 17 cover. So um, at the end of our last Harrow County episode, we kind of finished the first omnibus worth of the series and so this is kind of picking up on the second yes. one at the end of the first one we still had a lot of questions about this abandoned creature mm-hmm. right because um levi had gone into the woods to like go get it or whatever and then when he came out and he was like oh you forgot your laws or whatever then he got all freaked out and he was like oh no you're we're cool or whatever right something like that <laughs> happened yeah so um you know and then uh, i think mark you had even alluded that we were going to learn more about this character, you know, at the opening of this series. Yeah, this this one reveals a lot. I love this cover. Uh, yeah, I really like uh, Emmy as in the reflection of the eyes. Yes, I was oh, about to talk yeah. about that. Yeah, it's a great detail. Yeah, doing the notes for something like this, you know, there's kind of three different perspectives that are shifting throughout these two issues, right? Yeah, because you're getting the creature talking to Emmy about the flashback events, then you're also in the flashback events as they're happening. And then you're in the present with the creature just talking to Emmy and they're having their conversation. Yeah. So all those kinds of things are happening. We're pivoting between all those different things. Yeah. And there's also that element of like, as the reader, you've, been exposed to more information than emmy necessarily has so the first time you're reading it there's kind of these two perspectives of like what you know and what emmy knows and then you get to the end of it and by the end of it you know something new and so now it reads differently the third the next time you read it you've got a third perspective what do you what do you guys think because we have to talk about this issue shall we just assume that uh like just dive into you know the twists because i mean We'll be talking around stuff otherwise. Everybody knows, like, when we get to this point, if you haven't read the comic, we're going to spoil it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. And, and it's hard not to because, right, running right this opening page, so obviously we get the double page splash like we do 
in the beginning of every issue and they've worked Harrow County into the clouds there. We get these, you know, wild horses going through the beach. I thought this was so interesting too, because it's very different from what we normally get in this series. Normally it's like a grassy, like mm. kind of a land based thing, oh, you know, yeah, good point. and this is kind of like water and these horses. And I was They're like, on this, the is, beach. this is different. <laughs> yeah. This is a They're different feel. You know, this is a different, totally different feel to the opening of how you normally are brought into this book, which I thought was interesting. But one of the very first lines is, oh, okay. The other thing I was going to say is we're getting the narration boxes from this character. And I assume it speaks with like an Irish or a Scottish accent or something like that. Danielle does it really well, um, hmm. but I'm not going to do that. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm not going to, I'm not going to do all the, uh, the, I just can't do it. It's not going to sound right. It's going to sound silly. So anyway, but he says there was a time and a place some years back and far from Harrow, you wouldn't have recognized me if you saw me. So that, that line by itself takes a totally different read, right? Because oh, it exactly. really does. Because the first time we read it, we think you wouldn't have recognized me because the abandoned creature more resembles like a traditional bull. You know what I mean? But the real reason why it's saying that is because that's not even it. That's yeah. the thing that's talking is not this. It's somebody yeah. else. And uh, I also got to point out, you know, like this is Carlos Speed McNeil and Jen Manley Lee doing the art here. And uh, I, I just love looking at that opening spread. Like, like when you look at it, where do you draw the line between like what Carla's doing and what Jen's doing? Right. Like, uh, like you can see like the line blurs quite a bit because there's a lot of colored line work and stuff like that. And um, in and when I spoke to them in an interview, they said you know like there is quite a lot of Carla will deliberately leave stuff for Jen to do. You know, like knowing because they work together a lot. Wow. Yeah, that's great insight. So, and we also see the creature; it's eating the horses too. So that kind of adds another. You know, we see these beautiful horses running, and then the next thing that happens is it's getting eaten by this creature. Yeah. And I, I like that, you know, the first time you read this, you think that uh, it's not just about his appearance when he says, you wouldn't recognize me, but you think you're thinking it's um, about his character, you know, like the way yeah. he's behaving is more beast-like than we've seen him oh, before. And so, you yeah. know, it's that you wouldn't have recognized who I was in that respect. Yeah, that's exactly how I read. That's exactly how I thought about it when I read it. The creature's eating the horses, and some people approach it. They tell it it's time to be done with this foolishness and come on home. It's Amaryllis and this new character, Malachi. We've met Amaryllis back in issue 15. Uh, we discussed that on our last Harrow County episode. Malachi is described as being amongst the first of their kind. Yeah, that's pretty major. I mean, considering these are like godlike beings, like suddenly it opens up the door for like to tell stories with a character that's got a very far reaching history. Mm -hmm. Right. Also, like, you know, when you uh, had in the previous story, uh, they were talking about, you know, like how their kind had fought against one another and, and things like that. Like that means he was a part of all that. He's basically seen his own people wipe themselves out. Right. Wow. So what are they? I mean, at several times he refers to them as haints. Is that is that what they are? Haints is kind of a catch-all term for just basically anything supernatural in this series. Right. But um, I like to think um, that, you know, like when we're reading mythology about, you know, like um, the ancient Egyptian gods and everything, we're reading about these characters, these beings. Right. Okay. Right. Malachi tells the creature, come on home where it's safe for you and the rest of us. In the present... 
the creature talks to Emmy and explains that Malachi made the law. Emmy says, you knew them. You knew the family. You were one of them. The creature says he knew each and every one. So he kind of doesn't answer that either. When you read it the second time, you notice that like he kind of skirted around what she said. Yeah. And I, and it's one of those things where like you can understand why it's like that for the construction of the reveal at the end, but it also plays into a character thing where there's deep shame around what he used to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Emmy asks why the creature has decided to tell her all this. What changed? Everything, the skinless boy says from in the bag. Caleb, right? Was that his name? Uh, that's the name of the the uh, the real boy. We're going to learn more about that at some point. Okay, good. Okay, <laughs> thank you. That's right. The creature says it all changed. Every bit of it changed because they came looking for you. In the flashback, back on the beach, Malachi continues to try and get the creature to go with him. Before the others find you, he says, you can trust us. The others, though, that's another story. They're mighty headstrong. All of you so willful. Amaryllis is enamored by the horses. And she says, some say it was pirate ships that brought them here. They've been wild ever since. Thinking about that freedom and about pirate ships makes me so sad. Sad and afraid. I kind of get that she's just more emotionally kind of like tapped tapped into things. Yeah. I think she's also sensing what her future is going to be to a certain extent too. Like not clearly that she's getting vision. Yeah. Yeah. Because she does get shot by a pirate ship's cannon. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. I also want to point out a really cool detail here because obviously this is uh, Emmy and uh, they, they put a really nice little bit in the artwork to hint at this is uh, if you look in, uh, in the second arc, you'll see that Emmy and Cammy they both have their hair parted in opposite ways. It was, oh. when, uh, it's like the tell when um, Cammy disguises herself as Emmy, her hair is parted to the wrong side. And you'll notice here that Amaryllis has her hair parted the same way as Emmy. Yeah, that's interesting. Oh, I love yeah. that. There's another detail too in here. I mean, it's kind of gross, but I thought it was kind of funny too. Like the creature stops eating the horses to listen to malachi but then it just goes back to eating it again anyway i just thought that, that was kind of just a cute animal behavior even though it's disgusting i guess the creature starts to walk off but malachi stops it pleading this time we need to stay together now more than ever before he says i created the laws to protect our kind but they can be used against us too come with us amaryllis follows it can be like before we can be happy again and she goes to lead the creature by the arm. When you do the page turn, you get this huge growl. You know, I really like that reveal there. I really like the way it, it goes backwards and forwards between animal behavior and human behavior. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you can see where it's like roaring and everything definitely coming across as more animal. But then when it's like scared and confused, it's like got its hands up near its face in a much more human way. And Right. Amaryllis tells the creature that it's okay to be confused. You've been gone too long. You forgot who you used to be. Whatever it is you think, the burden you carry, you're not alone. But it's to no avail. The creature walks off. Malachi and Amaryllis talk. They could make the creature come with them, but they'd be just as bad as the others, they say. Malachi also says the creature knew he was lying to it when he said he could protect it. They decide to go try and talk to the rest of the family. See, that is interesting because the thing that we learned from the previous arc that was meant to protect them was the laws that Malachi created. 
And so we're getting foreshadowing here when he says about the whole, like, he knows what a lie sounds like, you know, like it shows that Malachi is already aware that his children are starting to find ways to use the law to go against its intended purpose. Right. Yeah. yeah. Back with Emmy talking to the creature, she says she thinks she might like Amaryllis and Malachi, but the creature is like, well, you haven't heard the rest of us. Ah, uh, sorry. I have to, I love that. Just cause like, you know, when people think back to their past self, they can all, all, often be like embarrassed or make it, you know, just feel like just not great about who they used to be. Right. What I love here is that she's being told a story about herself, not knowing it's herself. And she actually yeah. likes herself. Like, <laughs> I just thought that was a really nice detail, especially in contrast to Malachi, who, you know, he's obviously very ashamed of who he used to be. Right, yeah. Emmy tells the creature, they came after you, same as me. We're not so different, you and I. You're safe here. I won't let them hurt you. But the creature says he's heard it before. But Emmy's like, I sent them away. So that was at the conclusion of the last omnibus. But the creature says they'll come back. They always do. We cut to this scene of these fishermen. You know, the the scene is really sad too because these guys are like truly like just not doing anything. They're just like out fishing and they just get, I mean, <laughs> they, they get massacred basically just kind of for no reason. But anyway, yeah, so it starts off innocently. One of them thinks that they've caught something big, but it's that bull creature. It knocks them off the boat and seemingly kills one of them, right? Uh, but before it kills this one guy, he's like, it was old Buck. It had horns and those eyes. This is definitely the stuff that, like, you know, when you see scenes like this and you think of this as being this immortal creature that's been around for ages, like, it makes me think of, like, all those stories, not just of gods, but of demons. And, like, you know, how that could have been the family as well. Right. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But so we get this scene. This guy makes it to shore. He encounters Levi and the rest of the family. We see... All those weirdos that we met in that last storyline. I love a bunch of weirdos uh, doing weird stuff. We have Willa, Kane, Odessa, and Corbin. I should point out, sorry, just one more thing. There's a, deliberately a gap in that image, space for another invisible party. Yes, there's there's one that's invisible. Yeah. You're right. What, what was that one's name? Um, was it Mildred? Something like that. I think it, yeah. <laughs> that's I, awesome, I think it was Mark. Mildred. Yeah. But yeah, I like yeah. that they deliberately left that gap to say the character's there. The character is there. I love that. Amazing. <laughs> I also want to point out that, because um, we're going to see that there's a lot more than just these characters in the family, but these are the only ones that show up here. So we're getting a sense that this group is like, has formed its own little unit within the family. Oh, it's going against the rest okay. of the family. They're like their own little clique of weirdos. We're the yeah. weird ones. We're the ones that are going to follow Levi. He calls this guy a long pig. I think we talked about that last time too. It's like that's a term for humans, right? And yep. so, and he mm. eats long pig. So, or he in in the previous comic, he's saying that he loves it. He'd rather eat long pig or something like that. So that's fun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he comments on how easy it is for long pigs to get confused. If anything is out of the ordinary, they start crying and praying and going on. And Levi talks about how this is tempting for their kind, but they have their laws to keep them in check. We might be as close to the Almighty as you're likely to find, he tells this guy as he, like, steps on his head. And it's like, I think you're, at first I think he's just stepping on his head to, like, push his face into the sand, but no, he, like, crushes his head in. He really does. It's I feel brutal. like it's, it's not just he's crushing, it's more like he's starting to unmake his head, you know, like, with this, just through his foot. 
Wow. That was really messed up. Because <laughs> it's it's like it sort of goes like clay almost. Like there's not like a crack or a crunch or anything. It's just like he just pushes it down like he's pushing into clay. Oh right. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He says, but that don't make us gods. We got calloused hands. Sometimes we gotta get them hands dirty. We're back with the creature. He's talking to Emmy about all the weird human customs like Christmas, which he mentions is in January. Well, this is old Christmas, a, a different event. Yeah, so a little Christmas. It's also known as old Christmas, green Christmas, or Twelfth Night, which is uh, celebrated on the 6th of January. It's also known as the Feast of the Epiphany, celebrated after the conclusion of the 12 days of Christmas tide. It is a traditional end of the Christmas season, and until 2013... It was the last day of the Christmas holiday for both primary and secondary schools in Ireland. So there you go. Animal masks were a whole part of that too. And so people used to wear the actual animal heads. They would, they would be cooked, of course, not raw. But then it uh, evolved to wooden masks of animals. So you kind of see that, that in there too. It, they, he talks about how all the customs are so weird to their kind. You know, all the weird things that humans do. Like, he talks about putting ashes on the hearth. That's like, that's kind of like the Yule log. Um, it's a large bundle of ashes. And so you sing songs while it burns. It's uh, ash tree because of Yggdrasil, which is also known as the world ash tree. He talks about children pass out homemade apple candy. So I mostly went, so Google is terrible now. Have you ever, have you noticed this? Like, have you ever oh, yeah. tried to get on Google and do stuff? And it's like, I can't research stuff anymore. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so useless. It tries to redirect you to things to buy all the time instead of research. Yeah. So I couldn't really find anything other than just the traditional candy apples, mm. but this is not a candy apple. This is like a, a, toffee. Like a piece of apple. Yeah. Okay. Like maybe they toffee the apple. Like, is that a thing? I don't know. Yeah, I, you can I didn't, get like I, um, apple juice and reduce it down to its sugars and then use those sugars to make toffee. Okay, that's pretty cool. I was trying to look for some research on that, but I couldn't find anything other than pages and pages of just candy apples. And then you type in Christmas and yeah. it's just like, oh, here's how to decorate a candy apple. And it's like, I don't, I don't even like yeah, candy exactly. apples. Did you ever like those? You know, when I first saw them, I was like, I want one. This looks so good. I had one. I'm like, oh, it's just an apple with candy. <laughs> <laughs> with a crappy candy shell yeah what about you mark do you like those uh my grandma used to make them and um i don't know i think the store-bought ones were different but my grandma did like really nice toffee oh okay, okay. yeah the store ones are terrible yeah. <laughs> i guess like unless it's homemade it's probably not very good we used to make caramel apples when i was a kid okay yeah then and i did find that too um yeah. that it's more commonly caramel apples too for christmas yeah okay yeah, I don't know what um, specifically that candy is that they they've got there. I assumed it was toffee just because like um, it it's got that you know kind of color and it looks like it's a broken off piece, but maybe it is something else. Um, but I love this whole scene. I love all the different costumes. You know, Carlos Speed McNeil and Jen Manley Lee are doing a great job with all of this. So while you're talking about this page, I just want to say I really like the um, the drum beats all the way through. You know, the like the little. Oh, yeah. Yeah. that's a really nice detail the way that was put through the scene i love that very cool so in the scene we also see this woman she's looking for merle he was one of those fishermen um and we also see amaryllis enjoying the festivities and some of that apple candy and that is an interesting point because remember in the previous arc they made a point of how like they try not to eat the food of uh the area because it makes them attached to the land and everything. And 
um, uh, and, and forming uh, attachments is not a good idea. So we're seeing Amaryllis do something that could be considered, you know, like not good, but at the same time, like who says that the law is necessarily correct? Maybe that level of distance is part of the problem. Who knows? But I like that she isn't cleanly this person who follows exactly the laws either. Right. And that's one of the things that they keep telling Malachi throughout this is they're like, well, it, the laws don't apply to you. Somehow you're above them, you know? And so mm-hmm. she's always with him too. And so to, to see her, you know, we're going to see that they're there too. So if they see stuff like that, they're like, look, how come he's not telling her anything about eating the candy, you know, but then we have to, if we did that, you know what I mean? I, I can kind of see Levi's point too, if they're also allowed to kind of skirt outside the laws. Well, Levi eats pigs as well. Like he's, he's already, Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's, it's part of his character that he does that as well. But yeah, I don't think of Levi as the leader of that little group. I think of it as Odessa, but Odessa doesn't like to get her hands dirty. So she lets him be the mouthpiece and parade around and basically, yeah. So, um, we see the villagers here, their tradition of old buck. They have this creepy bull skull headed creature and they wrestle it for good luck and to chase away any foul presences. Um, and the family are there too. They're seeing all this. False idols, Malachi says. The others will fear this. Um, one thing I thought was interesting, though, is uh, when it says, you know, you're reading the narration boxes and it says, in this way they chase away foul presences. And then you see the family right there. Yeah. Like when you're reading it, you read file presences and then you see these guys walking up and you're like, ah, here they come. You know what I mean? Mm, but yep. it's just, uh, I, I, I thought it was really nice the way that they laid it out. So that way you can read it that way. I don't know. Comics are really cool when they do that. Yeah. I think Cullen does that a lot. He really likes to, you know, like have his words um, play off the images in a way that creates another meaning. Yeah. Yeah. So we see like they've started to, they have their traditions around this bull creature as well. Right. And I guess this is the this is what the whole fight is about, right? Because I guess since he's not really part of the family and also because he's letting these people worship him and stuff like that. Uh, it's the law that you don't set yourself up to be a god. They okay. you cannot be worshipped. So that's the one that they're kind of... Yeah, the one that um, is bothering them at the moment in this. Right, okay. Yeah. Malachi and Levi have a confrontation. Malachi says they shouldn't even be there. No conclave's been called. Levi says that the creature is not one of them anymore. He hunts them for sport and they worship him for it. And Malachi says to leave him alone, but Levi cuts him off. You think you still have a say in the matter? And so that's when Malachi realizes that they've done something. He runs off, but not before turning around and saying, It's a great shame having you as my children. I thought it was interesting how we have this one panel that says, This wound, it won't ever heal. I feel like that is just her yeah that that it's kind of outside of what else we're reading but it's just her reflecting on like this is the final fracture between malachi and 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 this group of his children or whatever i uh interpreted those as malachi's words but words that meant something to her like you know he's Mm. saying that off panel and um there's definitely history here that um we don't uh, that's only implied that we don't get a lot of one of the other things about the laws was that the family is supposed to be solitary like they're supposed to exist by themselves the only time they're supposed to be together is when a new family member um, comes along and basically begins their apprenticeship and you can see you know like 
these, as I say, you know, a conclave hasn't been called and yet this group is moving around together. But at the same time, Malachi and Amaryllis are also together. So, right. you know, you can sort of see like, there's like these blurry lines all over the place. Right. Nobody's and again, really I, I wonder it. if isolation is necessarily the best thing for them. I think it might've just been because there was this war where they slaughtered each other. I feel like it was a law that was possibly written by uh, Malachi to stop that from happening again at coming from a place of fear rather than what was necessarily best for them. Right. Yeah. The creature tells Emmy that Malachi was among the first and made the laws, but Levi found a way to use it against him to punish Malachi with the very scriptures he had crafted. Even though Levi made a mistake, he forgot something very important. When it comes to our kind, ain't nothing, not life and surely not death, what it seems to be. We get the idea that something killed him, right? I, I don't know. When yeah. I read it, I thought that they had done it. Uh, we get this seagull there that's got like a little piece of guts in it or, I don't know, skin or yeah. something. I like that little detail. <laughs> but we'll find out in the next issue, of course, that it was the locals of Buxton that um, killed Old Buck. Old Buck. There you go. We have the issue 18 cover. This is a great image. I love that. Yes. Just really simple, but gosh, the amount of detail in that hand and uh, mm-hmm. oh, I know. Really I really nice. like these the, this pair of covers. Like you know the emphasis on you know like the connection between Emmy and um, the abandoned in both images. Really nice. So we open up. We see the Harrow County logo in the constellation, and now the meeting lodge has appeared. In the meeting lodge, Levi addresses everyone. He wants to know where Malachi is, but he hasn't been seen. Levi says they did nothing wrong. They were Malachi's edicts. How can he expect us to obey them when he will not? And so this causes a lot of conversation among the group. They're like pointing fingers at each other. Levi continues how he cherishes the law, but a voice interrupts. Do tell. It's Malachi and he looks all crazed and he's got blood on his face. He looks like they do a really great job of conveying the, the emotion in this guy's face. He just yeah. looks like super pissed. He really does. I like Hester in the background too. Yeah, he's got Hester there behind him. I just like going through these scenes and seeing all the other family members here. You know, people that the current, uh, current day storyline are no longer around. Right, we don't know who all these people are. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about that in this one scene where they're all arguing. I was like, okay, wait, I don't know who these people are. Exactly. There's a whole bunch of other family members. And there's one other hint we've had about this in the past. If you go all the way back to the fourth issue, we see a single scene where Hester is talking to, you know, unnatural beasts in the woods. And it's got the abandoned except it's not just the abandoned there are multiple abandons there oh wow so there are other family members that have had congress with hester at some point and we don't know what's happened to them yeah thanks for pointing that out mark there's one with no face (laughs) yeah that's interesting so yeah i look at all these figures and i'm just like i want to know more about them yeah who's the dapper gentleman what do you think his name is aubrey Felix. Felix. <laughs> we'll see if you're right later. Or Simon. Or we'll see if we even meet who that guy is. Malachi tells Levi he murdered his own brother. But Levi says he had turned his back on the family. Malachi wants to know who killed him. Levi says they would never kill him. We reveal that the long pigs killed him. He let them think he was their old buck. What they play at killing in the street. Why it was bound to happen, don't you think? It always happens. 
ain't that what you told us when you play God? But Malachi thinks all of this is bullshit, right? He says, like, Levi, you, you led the people to do it, to murder on your behalf. Clean hands, clean heart, Levi responds. He's such a little shit, too. He like, really is. I was thinking about, like, if somebody, you know, if they if they ever made this into a movie, they'd have to get, like, a really good actor to play this character because he's yeah. one of those that it's, like, you really need someone that plays it plays it really up where you just hate them so much or you're just so, I want to get you, you know what I mean? Because yeah. yeah. he's, he's, he's really written like that in this book. <laughs> yeah, so after all of this, there's this one panel of just Malachi. He just looks so defeated right there. Mm. He turns to Hester, remember this, never forget what you saw here today, and be careful. And then he just walks out, leaving Hester there. Levi wants to know where he's going. Malachi stops for a second. I'm finished, I'm done, he says. This was never about the law. We get a little bit more context here to the backstory we got from the previous issue. You know, We learned about how Hester was given to Amerilus as an apprentice, and we now know that that was in the context of Malachi no longer being around. You know, like he basically, the father has walked out on his children at that particular point. Right. Yeah. But not before introducing this new element to the group. Now back with Emmy talking to the creature. So Malachi created the family and Hester was the last one. Emmy asked when the creature was created and it just snorts again. It just kind of like redirects that line. When Emmy says she should be able to ask questions it says Malachi is gone. Oh, just that little bit about like um, how um, she says, so Malachi created the family. Not, you know, like their, their creations, just like how Hester created the Haints. And it kind of opens up the question of like, how far can like that level of creation go? Like if Hester became powerful enough, could she create godlike beings just like herself? Not just, right. you know, like Haints. Hmm. like are haints basically like a proto version of these godlike beings yeah that's weird and it's also like isn't malachi also a creation uh he said he was one of the first uh so we don't know what that means in terms of like was he one of the creators at the beginning of time is everything on the planet that's alive a creation of one of you know the first who knows like right maybe everything is a distant relative of a haint Ooh, I like that. I mean, we have all these legends of gods making the world out of blood and clay, and they're the elements that they use to make haints. Right, right. Mm. That's really cool. Emmy says she sympathizes with Malachi, and that he and Amaryllis didn't sound so bad, but the creature's like, you think creating Hester is the worst thing he's done? Maybe you're right. He thought his will would work through her. He didn't know what would grow. Planted a bitter seed among the family. I love that line. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, and I thought it was so interesting. We get to see him actually create her. Like, we mm. see his little, you know, where he's carving her out and all that kind of stuff. And there's blood. Like, where is the blood coming from? Well, that's his blood. Oh, we'll find oh, out. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. I see, like, there's, like, a bowl of blood and all these instruments. Yeah. And I'm like, what is he doing with all of that? And then that look should look very familiar because that, if you go back to the scene when Hester created the people of Harrow County, she's got a bowl of blood and she's making them out of clay. Like, she's doing literally what she's seen Malachi do. She's trying oh, to wow. reenact that same act of creation. Okay. Nice. Yeah, I like this, the emphasis on, um, might be, you've got to be human to know such truths. Like the emphasis on human 
that's such an important thing in uh, in this is that like he keeps on creating versions of uh, like his children are all human but they don't have to be it's that he's chosen to make them human like for example there could have easily been another um fam you know one of those first beings ages ago and they decided to create dragons maybe all the dragons that we've ever known from stories are just like the family right oh. but th there's this line in here i'm glad you brought that up because it says they say your children always grow up to break your heart but malachi never grasped that lesson might be you got to be born human to know such truths that's what made me think that he was not human yeah that line right there is like and then we're going to learn that he's that's him saying himself. it. Yeah. He's talking about himself. Yeah. So I feel like right there he's saying, I'm not human. I'm, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not either, you know? so He thinks he's a monster. He abandons himself right. and walks away and becomes I a beast see. because he thinks okay. that's all he can be. Right. It's, it's one of those things where um, he is saying very much, you know, like how he thinks about himself, but it's not necessarily a truth because I was talking to um, Cullen Bunn in an interview about this and one of the comments that he kind of made offhand was that Malachi is incredibly human. Like the things that he thinks of himself that make him a monster, his imperfections, the thing uh, like, you know, they're human traits, but he doesn't see it that way. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting because Malachi, he kept trying to create humans knowing that they would never actually be human. And maybe he never realized that because he's not human. That's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking as I was reading this. Um, I feel like that's what it's telling us. But only in his desperation and hopelessness did he come close. Malachi thought Hester was the closest to a true human he had ever fashioned. Sad thing, he was probably right. So one second he's holding the clay, and then and then in the next panel it gasps to life. So like, well, what is if that? If you look at too? that shot where um he's holding the clay, you can see the the flush of blood filling the cheeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah I thought that that was really neat. But yeah, like you can see if you look at the that next panel on the next page where it's like she's sitting on the table and you look at the sculptures around you can see some of them are not human they're like these animal bits and stuff and you can right. see like really yeah. could have created anything you wanted man so malachi's like come on child i have much to show you and time is short i'm literally gonna go drop you off and so how how long lasted until this moment and then when he leaves her with the family it seems like it's a relatively short amount of time he's yeah, like i have so much to show you but it's like I'm literally going to take you over here and then just leave you with these people. Because he's, yeah. like, he, he's so covered in blood when he goes over there. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, I don't know. I, I thought that that was interesting. He's pretty psyched about it, though. He seems happy with what he's done here. I feel like this, is, this could have been quite a while beforehand, but at the same time, I get the sense that, you know, like, uh, well, I mean, she's still new, I guess, in that, like, you know, when they walk into that, like, she's um, still at his side and everything, like, she hasn't begun being corrupted yet. Ah, okay. Like he's got blood on him. I, like that. I don't think this is um, old Buck's blood on him at the moment. This is his own blood from the creation. Okay. Emmy knows the creature isn't telling her something. I like this line where he's like, "There's a good deal I ain't saying, not yet." And she goes, "You don't know me very well, then, Mister." My pa says he's seen starving hounds let go of a bone easier. It's a great line. <laughs> I like that. I also like that. The oh no, I ain't forgot that about you. So we know that that is a personality trait of Amaryllis. Oh, okay. Mm. Nice. <clears throat> See, I didn't even catch that one on the second read through, but there are so many, there are so many lines like that. Mm -hmm. The creature says that instead of Hester, Malachi 
should have probably picked Amaryllis to take his place, but he thought she was too mild. Damn fool, he says. Emmy asks where this leaves the creature. He was killed. Ain't you been listening? Malachi wanted Hester to lead in his absence, wanted to show the family how to live in the world without being gods or devils, but he couldn't teach what he no longer understood. But there was still such awful lessons to be learned. We see Hester going down some stairs, and Malachi's in there, and she discovers something really gross and weird. Yep. I was not expecting that when I turned that page. I was like, oh, damn. Yep. Well, and it also seems like so he's eating the he's eating the bull creature, but he's like enjoying it. He's like reveling in it almost. Like the expression that they give his face. Like I couldn't tell, like, but to me it almost seemed like, I don't know, he's loving it. I think it's also a bit of pain as well. You think so? Like yeah, they, they, it's like it's almost like he's giving into an impulse, like he's like a starving person consuming right. this thing and he's enjoying it, but at the same time, it's his child. And he's eating it. And there's, yeah. there's pain and disgust in there as well. Yeah, you know, um, it's so interesting you point out the other creatures, Mark, because I didn't even notice any of this other stuff in the background. Yeah, that one in the background's really fucking creepy. Yeah, it's really weird. But all I was focused on was like, holy shit, what am I looking at here? Yeah. He's eating this thing. Yeah, that's a wild reveal. Because as we were reading this one, I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe Danielle could read this. And I got to this page, I was like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> nope. Yeah, I should point out from here on in, it's going to be like every story is going to have like grisly moments like this that will be very undanielle friendly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that was wild. What a page. Emmy is disgusted by this when she finds out about it. And she recalls seeing Hester do the same thing to Amaryllis. She learned it from Malachi. That whole like that last bit where he says, and she learned that from Malachi, like the whole eating thing for me when that like that little just that b at the end kind of implies what the war between these creatures would have been like like they probably were killing each other and eating each other all over the place and again oh, that's something man. that to me feels like very you know like from old myths because you have like stories where you have gods eating each other and it's like mm -hmm. you know it's really freaky but like yeah that's what myths were like Right, yeah, no, that if, when you compared them to gods earlier, yeah, I mean, I can really and see devils. that now. Yeah. The family was scared of Hester, but Amaryllis thought of Hester like a sister she never had, and so she never line. saw it coming, yeah. The the sister she never had. Now we're starting to understand a little bit, like, like I feel like that line explains so much into why she was reborn as Cammy's sister. You know, like that desire still connected them. She still wanted sisterhood. Oh, I was, I had a question about that when we got around to the end, you kind of answered it already. We do get a, a recreation there of that, of that awful scene where Amaryllis was blown away by the pirate ship and all that stuff. I went back and, and looked yeah. at all that again too. Yeah. It's really cool to kind of get that all uh, like this new perspective of like knowing the whole time Malachi right. was watching. Yeah, so we do see that he was watching. The creature asked, did Hester know? Did she know she'd thrown away his dreams for her, as she'd thrown away the love Amaryllis offered her? I imagine, yes, she knew. And she thrilled in the cruelty that was also given to her by her creator. And that was when Malachi gave up on ever being a man, or ever seeing his children, yes. or seeing himself. As that anything, right there. 
Now yeah. we know what he's wanted all this time. Finally, it explicitly states his motivation. That was when Malachi gave up on ever being human. He wanted to be human. That was his desire. Mm. That's what's driven this creation all this time. And this is where he gave up on seeing himself as anything other than a monster. With every step, he forgot the man he had been because he had never been a man at all. Malachi abandoned his name, abandoned his life, abandoned his children, just as they abandoned him. And that is how I settled here. And so, okay, so this is where we reveal that, you know, obviously that's Malachi, right? So Emmy asks, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you help me when you knew what was going to happen? Why not tell me sooner? Why not find me sooner and tell me I was Hester returned to life? Such shame I felt for what I had done, the creature says, for what I left undone, what I'd become, what I allowed to happen to you, because I turned my back on you, the finest thing that ever came to me. You ain't Hester, child. How I missed ye, Amaryllis. So, okay, and yeah, you mentioned that already, Mark, but so how is, do they all get reincarnated like that, or do they all come back, whoever's been, because, okay, if Amaryllis was killed and now has come back as Emmy, then wouldn't that creature come back also, or I don't know, I mean, I don't well, know. So the gonna... way I see it is that, like, these creatures have been killing each other for a long time and eating each other, and yet the family in the previous arc when they realized that Emmy was Amaryllis, not Hester, they're like, oh, you know, like, but they're still surprised by this. You know, it wasn't something they anticipated, which makes me think that when Hester was in Harrow County and she's doing all these weird rites and everything, she did something to make it so that she could be reborn. Like it wasn't something that's naturally a part of their biology or whatever. It's something where she twisted nature's laws to make it possible for her to be reborn she just didn't realize that in so doing she would also rebirth anyone she'd consumed oh okay yeah okay that makes sense but then so who was cammy then was cammy her sister right uh, cammy is uh oh man that's a big question (laughs) right because Um, cammy well if she's not hester because she gets taken by hester at the end of that of that story so it's just kind of like I don't know. That I was just like, I would say what does this mean? It just made me like re-examine <laughs> no, no, it, everything, and my brain was kind of melting. I was like, does that mean that this and that, or I don't know. Anyway, I would say that Cami Cami is mostly Hester, um, mm. but we see elements of a corrupted influence where it's sort of like you can see fragments of um, Amaryllis in her. In that, like one of the things Cammy wants and she actually wants is for sisterhood. And we see that desire expressed here by Amaryllis, you right, know, like, right. uh, but yeah, I feel like, uh, Cammy is sort of like mostly Hester. When this, uh, came out, one of the conversations that I saw a few times was people saying, Oh, this wrecks the horror of the story because, you know, like all this time we've thought that, um, Emmy had, hester in her whispering these horrible thoughts and was going to corrupt her and that's been like the thing hanging over it's like will uh emmy get corrupted by hester but now we know that hester isn't in her at all she has you know like she's uh amaryllis who's you know this really nice person who she's described as mild and yeah she everything we see of her is nice but i want to point out to you what makes it in my opinion creepier is that all this time she's had these thoughts in her head where it's like basically this voice intruding on her, basically saying, you know, murder, kill, do all this stuff. We now know that's not Hester. That's her. Mm. 
Okay. So that's something she has to kind of reconcile now is that like all her murderous thoughts, that's not an external corruption. That is you. Right. That is pretty creepy. Yeah. I really liked that. Yeah. And so Mark, you wanted to talk about these tales of Harrow County. There's a few of them here for this series. Um, These are in the single issues. Yeah, so the the first one there is the butler. That's actually from the previous arc. It was the in the um, backups. Then there's one after that, the tithe, which is just a, a story that was in the back of the seventeenth issue. Oh, nice! But uh, the butler is my favorite of the short stories, so I really wanted to be able to talk about that one. But it's a uh, it's a story about um, Cammy's familiar, the butler. Oh, right! I do remember that guy. Okay. So basically, we learn that the butler, they've they've done kind of like a, the prestige here, right? Where when the butler, you know, he's doing Cammy's evil stuff, he gets sent to prison, and he finds a bunch of a bunch of him because she's just been making them, and every time yeah. one gets arrested, she just makes another one. Yeah. So we basically just discover that Cammy sees her butlers as completely disposable. And we kind yeah. of, now we start to understand why in the second arc, when the butler is given the task of killing Emmy, and he um, sa- says, you know, like, I take a certain satisfaction, you know, like, because he knows that she looks like Cammy. He's right. able to strangle her. And, yeah. Ah, I love that. Yeah, because so then, so then all the, all the butlers meet up in prison and they make a plan to escape and then they all bond and so some of them get killed during the escape and he's like ah i'm gonna get the one who is responsible so he goes after cammy but then she's being protected by the butler which is him a new butler yep yeah and he's like don't trust her brother but he just knocks him out man and they're like oh that's the guy that broke out of prison Oh man, this so is the so new messed is now up. Put in prison. But like, look at Cammy's face in the background. She doesn't give a shit. She's grinning no. with glee. Oh, she thinks it's so funny that yeah, this is happening. It's just a big She's joke like, to her. And then what's fucked up is the one that beat him up. The one he could get sent to prison, and he'll just end up there with the rest of them too. Yep. She'll just make another one. Yep. That was wild. I love that. Yeah. It's it's such a great little story it just builds the world in such a fascinating way. And like, uh, Cullen's like hinted that he wants to do a story about Cammy in New York at some point, but, uh, it's never really come together. And like, just seeing this sort of thing, I'm like, man, I really want to, to learn more about her, you know, like how she was raised in New York. Cause we don't really know who raised her. Yeah. And, yeah. She's a fun character too, because she's just like a fucker, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, <laughs> That's I, a good I way to describe her. that, picnic scene i'll never forget that where she's eating the she's eating like the rotted meat or what is it what is she eating yeah. something disgusting right yeah, yeah yeah it's just like this maggoty chicken yeah and it's all in her teeth and stuff like that oh yeah. god and and it's it, I, I remember just like because she has that ability to make herself clean at will but she continues walking around with the, like the greenish gunk all over her because she wants to like that like that's oh yeah she's a great character that was awesome yeah i really love that that was really cool uh story by tyler crook art by brian hurt and matt kent very cool i love that it's got a great look to it too yeah it really does and it looks fantastic in the library edition at those you know huge pages oh aubrey brought over his library edition the covers are so soft 
Mm. What is that about? It's, it's like it's, velvety it's, or something. Yeah. We got, yeah, no, it's, I can't stop touching it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Aubrey, not on the podcast. I know no one can see you, but gosh. <laughs> stop looking. <laughs> Oh wow, that's messed up. Yeah, so uh, really good. Uh, the ties. This is a this is a fun one written by Colin Bunn, artist Owen Gianni. Uh, I love this guy's art. Really nice. So there's this uh, creature. Do we have we seen this creature before? No, it's a new creature just for this story. Okay. So he kills the deer, and he's like, "You're hunting this deer in my woods. If you wish to stalk my territory, you must offer me a tithe. This animal's meat belongs to me. Give it to me, and I'll leave you in peace." And so he just shoots at it, and then he goes home, and they're eating it, and then the creature comes, and he's eating the deer meat out of the guy's stomach. Oh, out yeah. of all their stomachs! Yes, he's just like just eating it out of their entrails. Oh my gosh! I claim the this deer's massacre. meat for myself, and once I've retrieved it, I'll leave you in peace. Oh no! Creepy. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, if you um, if you're hunting in the woods and a weird creature tells you you must pay a tithe, then just do it. <laughs> Wow. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Or shoot the creature. I love the art <laughs> on this, though. Well, he did shoot the creature. That didn't do oh. anything. He's still going to come. Oh, See, Aubrey, okay, okay. you would be getting deer meat eaten out of your entrails. Don't do it. Don't do it, Aubrey. <laughs> Just give him the deer meat. It's fine. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks for joining us for this episode. And uh, we'll definitely be back, hopefully next month, to cover the other two from the story because I'm really excited. I, I didn't read ahead, so yeah, oh, um, we, I'm really excited I, to kind I of see where it was where a goes. good idea you just did two issues for this one because there's just so much to cover. It, there yeah. was a lot of exposition and just a lot of like it, the the world building just continues to expand in this series. From what you thought it was just this one little, you know, Harrow County, it's really kind of exploded into this whole other thing now so i love the mythology of all this yeah, yeah. it's been it's been really fun and really good well i'm um, excited to hear what our listeners thought tell us what you like to put in your porridge and now <laughs> aubrey's gonna say all the things all right everybody we just got back from harrow county <laughs> i want to know what you thought send us a hey you damn guys at bookclubmembercomics at gmail.com <laughs> Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Book Club Member Comics and on Twitter at Book Club Members. And as always, you can find all of our resources on our Podbean website, our Facebook About section, and our link trees on Instagram and Twitter. As always, a special thank you to Paul from Gatahan for the listener feedback theme. Thank you, Paul. Uh, thank you, Only Beast, for the theme, the main theme. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you, Mark, for joining us. It's so much fun to have you on, you know. Yes. Uh, what, what, um, what articles do you have up right now, Mark? Uh, I just did an interview with Tyler Crook about the Lonesome Hunters. And oh, uh, nice. I had a pair of interviews up earlier with creators of Petrol Head and uh, with Ben Stenbeck for his new miniseries that's starting this month. Yes, uh, Our Bones, Our Bones Dust, right? Yeah. Yes, I, I want to see both of those, Petrol Head and the, the new Ben Stenbeck. Yeah, they both look really good. Yeah, uh, I've read the first two issues and like it starts off good and then it gets like so much better. Awesome. Oh, awesome. I think I heard that Lawrence Campbell has a book coming out too soon. So we'll, we'll definitely be plugging that as well. Awesome. Uh, sorry. Yes, but check out Mark on Multiversity. I'll link those interviews in the show notes. You can find the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. And when you're there, open it up and give us that five-star review. Every little bit helps. And if you're enjoying what you're here, tell a friend. Have them join the book club. Everybody wants to be a book club member. Do it. They do. It's true. Um, <laughs> next week. 
We're going surfing again with our good pal Silver Surfer and Dawn and Toomey. <laughs> and reading issues 10 and 11. So you guys know what to do. Hop down to the local surf shop and bug them about Silver Surfer. And join us next week on Book Club Member Comics. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm John Salinas. I'm full of deer meat. <laughs> no, no, Mark. No, don't do it. And I'm Bobby Lovell saying, y'all might change your tune once and it's all said and done. <laughs> awesome. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>